Hey there, it's Niella Graham, your host of PABJ's Here's What Happened podcast. Every Sunday, we're taking you through four important news stories from the week and discussing a story about the ever-changing landscape of journalism. We know it's hard to keep up with what's happening in the world, whether it's politics, world affairs, or natural disasters. So sit back, relax, because here's what happened. Oh, would you look at that? Another episode of Here's What Happened. I'm Niella Graham, and I am your host of Here's What Happened. I am also the vice president of print for the Plattsburgh Association of Black Journalists. This week, we are doing things a little differently, and we are taking you into the world of sports journalism. Today, I'm joined by PABJ historian Travis Peterson. Thank you for being on the podcast, Travis. Thank you for having me on here, Niella. You know, I'm a sophomore at Plattsburgh. I'm a historian of PABJ. I'm also in Black Onyx. That's my other club. I'm PR. Um, I'm a TV, video production, and broadcast journalism major. My name is PR. And you really like sports, don't you? Love sports. So this week we have four stories about sports ranging on different subjects, and we're going to take you through them, um, doing things a little bit differently, and I hope all of you listening enjoy. So let's go straight in and talk about our first story, which was that Colin Kaepernick was named Citizen of the Year by GQ magazine. Now, typically GQ uh, does Man of the Year, but they talked to Colin and he wanted to change things up. Um, and a lot of us know Colin's name because <laughs> he has been at the forefront of this conversation about police brutality and the idea of taking a knee during the national anthem. There's been a lot of discussion. A lot of people have weighed in on this issue. Our president has weighed in. Owners have weighed in. Um, players have weighed in. There's been a lot of discussion about it, whether it should be done, whether it's unpatriotic, whether there should be some sort of punishment for these players who are doing it. Um, and I want to read a little bit of this blurb from the GQ article because it's really telling about Colin Kaepernick as a person and what he wants people to take from his protest that started all. When we began discussing this GQ cover with Colin earlier this fall, he told us the reason he wanted to participate is that he wants to reclaim the narrative of his protest, which has been hijacked by a president eager to make this moment about himself. But Colin also made it clear to us that he intended to remain silent. As his public identity has begun to shift from football star to embattled activist, he has grown wise to the power of his silence. It has helped his story go around the world. It has provoked the ear and ill temper of Donald Trump. Why talk now when your detractors will only twist your words and use them against you? Why speak now when silence has done so much? At the same time, Colin is all too aware that silence creates a vacuum and that if it doesn't get filled somehow, someone else will fill it for him. In our many conversations with Colin about this project, we discuss the history of athletes and civil rights and the indelible moments it's called to mine. We decide that we use photography, the power of imagery, and iconography to do the talking. So as you go through this article in GQ, you're going to see pictures of Colin Kaepernick with young black boys and girls um, in kind of clothing that kind of invokes the image of the Black Panthers. He's wearing a shirt that says, I know my rights. 
Uh, he's in that now iconic fro that he has now. Um, just really these striking images. They talk about Muhammad Ali, who protested the Vietnam War and then was, of course, blocked from his sport, like Colin Kaepernick is now. Um, so it's really interesting to see that Kaepernick's getting a place to to talk because he does talk about silence, and if he doesn't say anything, someone will say something for him, and it will completely ruin the message. Um, you know, he is the guy who started this whole thing, and we hear more from other people than we've heard from him. And I think it's really great to see a major magazine give him the space to talk. And, of course, they have other people weigh in, Ava DuVernay, J. Cole, Tamika Mallory... Eric Reed, a bunch of different people weigh in. So what do you think, Travis? Well, um, what was it? The other day I was watching First Take with um, Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith and Molly. So they was wondering why was he named Citizen of the Year. So I was really I was really looking at it, and then they was talking about the people who was doing more stuff than Colin Kaepernick. But I understand why they would pick Colin Kaepernick over other people, but it was like it was just a question like that I want to raise to you. Do you think he deserves citizens of the year? I think he does. I think there are other people who can who deserve it as well, but he, I think, has started a conversation that needs to be had. Um, and I think this idea of peaceful protest is <coughs> important. Um, you know, I I do. I think he did deserve Citizen of the Year um, because he has started a movement and it has affected people and it has started a conversation that I think we sometimes don't want to have because it's too uncomfortable. <coughs> and I think the person who stands up and says, hey, this is something we're not seeing or we're turning our back to, that person's really important. That person should be celebrated because who, if that person doesn't speak up, who's going to? Uh. I, I I do agree, but it was, it was like cause they was they was saying names like J J Watt, he raised about thirty seven million dollars for like, the Houston for the yeah yeah for the because what happened with the rain and everything right hurricane. So like, but I but I agree with you because Colin Kaepernick you know he did shut up like a lot of stuff that we did that was in the dark that he put it out to the light especially for the NFL him taking that knee. And the way the way it transformed, like how people are now, is like it's crazy because like now we really not because like from all that happening with the knee, now the owners is coming out basically like like they are really racist. So like saying racial remarks and stuff like that towards like of what NFL players are doing, and seventy five percent of the NFL is black. Right. So it's like now it's like what he did was, a, was really amazing. Now we really seeing what the NFL owners is really about what he was really actually taking a knee for. And going back to, you know, the the racial element of this, Colin Kaepernick is currently not playing in the NFL. He hasn't been picked up by any team. And that there is that element of it that he has been essentially blacked out by the league. <coughs> no owner will take him. There is a resistance to take him and that's affecting his career. But and now people are I think that is having people notice even more, not just the taking the knee, but the fact that this man has become a figure but he doesn't have a team to play on and he was a good player from my understanding i don't 
I watch football. I don't watch football that much. But from what I've read, he was a good quarterback. Um, About him being a good quarterback, he, he was an okay quarterback. He played decent. I'm not going to say he was the best or he was top 10 and as his position. So I, I feel like he didn't really get back. I, I feel like people not picking him up, it kind of got to go off his skills of being a quarterback. I mean, he could play, yes, but because teams need quarterbacks now because right. a, a lot of people got hurt. I don't think he's really being blacked out by the NFL too as much, but that that I feel like that plays a factor into it. But I feel like his skill also plays a factor into him not being picked up too, because before when he was taking the knee, he wasn't playing as much, and that year that he played, he had terrible games. Mm. Interesting. Well. I will say that I encourage all to read this um, this article because I think it's really powerful. And there's a lot I think people don't understand about this movement. Um, and I think reading, like I said, this article in a major magazine will really help understand what exactly um, Kaepernick was trying to tell us when he took that knee. Now, our second story is... Mark Cuban says, Yermon owes the NBA an apology. He says this because Draymond Green says, we shouldn't use the word owner no more in this world. <clears throat> so basically, <coughs> basically, Draymond Green, he didn't want to use the word owner no more because it's basically it ties back to slavery time. You know, most of the white, most of the NBA owners are white and like, 80%, 85% of the players are black. So we don't want owner, it takes it back to slavery. And then the words, the words from the um Texas, Houston, Texas owner, Bob McNair, he said, NFL can have inmates running the prison. In regards to the national anthem protests that have been occurring through the regular season. So that's why he really we came out with he was like, this is why we can't use the word owner no more. So Niela, how do you feel about that? I think it's an interesting um I think I I just find it interesting overall. I can understand where Draymond Green is coming from. Um I think it is an interesting conversation to say cuz I when he said that we shouldn't use the term owner, he suggested using the term chairman. Um which I agree with. And I think what's really interesting here is the back and forth that took place between Mark Cuban and Draymond Green because Draymond Green said this remark about, oh, we shouldn't be using the term owner. And then Mark Cuban was like, oh, you owe the NBA an apology. Um, And then he sort of said, insinuated about Draymond Green's education and said, if you want to take business classes so you can actually learn what these terms mean, I'll pay for it. Um, which Draymond Green took sort of as a slap in the face because Mark Cuban says, no, we don't own people, we own equity. And then Draymond Green has now said, Mark Cuban will never understand how I feel, which is a valid point. Draymond Green is a black man. Mark Cuban is not. Um, And there is a, you know... There's a big divide there. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I understand Draymond too. Because I, I, I would feel the same way. Because when I heard about this, when I was reading the story, I mean the article, I was like, I never thought of it like that. I was like, oh, we, use, we shouldn't use the word owner. Uh, we should use like chairman or CEO. When I was reading it, I was like, wow, that makes perfect sense. Especially with this, this way the world's going right now, we shouldn't use the word owner. Because we don't really know how your owner really feels about you know, black people. They wouldn't show that because they want you on their team because you have the skills. Even though you, you're black, a lot of black people play basketball now. So it's like, how do your owner really feel about you? Does he like, he's gonna generally, he's gonna generally show you the side he wants you to see. But does he really, like, do you know him on a personal level to where it's like, is, he, is his family racist or what he's brought up racist? But he's just not showing it because he's the owner. And I think it's interesting because Draymond Green made these remarks, like these remarks responding to Mark Cuban. He was talking at Harvard's, like, politics school. Like, he had been invited to be a keynote speaker, and he delivered these remarks. He was on a major platform saying this, and that's, you know, not a platform he's probably used to having. He's a basketball player. It's not typical for them to get invited to these sort of things, but they're being given a platform to say, hey, no, that's not that's not how it is. Um, but uh, there's a quote here from Draymond Green who said, he said, when you look at Mark Cuban, for instance, with this whole equity thing, we all can own equity and that's fine, but Mark Cuban will never know how it feels for me, a young black African-American, to turn on the TV and see what happened in Charlottesville. He'll never have that feeling, that feeling of fear, that feeling of we might be going back in time. Um, and I think that's really interesting. Right, it, is, it is very interesting because cause nobody, a lot of, a lot, if you're white, you, really, you won't know what a black man went through. Especially for him, he grew up in like he went to he grew up in Flint, Michigan. I think he went to school Michigan State. So you know Flint, Michigan is not you know Michigan is not really popular with like money ever since. Right. So it's like he 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 been growing up poor probably almost all his life. Like basketball probably is the only escape goal he that escape goal he had for him. Like that's that's like made him to the person he is today. Yeah, he grew up in Saginaw, Michigan. Yeah. So it's like, you know, Michigan is not really popular with money, so it's like... I mean, you can look at the Flint water crisis that's going on there. Yeah, with the lead, lead mm-hmm. in the water. So they can't, even drink, they can't even drink their own water. They got to use bottled water just to take showers. So Mark Cuban, he doesn't know none of that. He always probably he probably had money all his life growing up. And I guess, like, it's just different. It's just certain things. He don't know the struggle of a black man. Yeah, I mean, Mark Cuban is worth about, I believe it's $3 billion. Um, but I will say this. I will disagree with you. Mark Cuban did not grow up rich. He did work for his money. He did work very hard to get where he is. <coughs> so I wouldn't dispute that. Um, I think he is, from what I've seen... Mark Cuban is a billionaire who I think has a little bit more sympathy than other billionaires because there's been a lot of comparisons between him and our current president who was once on that list of very rich people and Mark Cuban appears to have a little bit more sympathy than Donald Trump ever did. So I will go back into that claim you said about 
him growing up with money his whole life. I think he does understand poverty a little bit, but obviously he's in a position now where he has all the money in the world. Yeah, he's the Dallas Mavericks owner. Right. So, you know, at Texas, is he from Texas, Mark Cuban? No, he's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh. Well, it's like in Texas, you know, no taxes and stuff. <laughs> so, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see where this goes, see if other NBA owners... Um, I want to know. I want to. I want to ask like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, like you know the real NBA stars, superstars of the league. How they? How they? How would they feel? Because nobody else had made a comment on it yet. So I'm just waiting to see how everybody else feels about it. I want to see um, what the owner of the Golden State Warriors has to say. I don't know who that person is, but that'll be interesting for them to weigh in. Now, our third story today involves the UCLA men's basketball team after they were suspended. Uh, They admitted to shoplifting in China while over there for an exhibition game against Georgia Tech. The players were arrested on November 8th, accused of stealing designer sunglasses from a Louis Vuitton store in Hangzhou. Now, the three players involved are... I gotta find their names. Leangelo Ball, Cody Riley, and Jalen Hill. Now, the last name Ball might be familiar to some people because he is the younger brother of Lonzo Ball. Yes. Yes, who currently plays for the Lakers. So this became an international incident very quickly. Um, President Trump got involved um, they were arrested in China. They were held in their hotel room. And it was only um, a couple of days ago that they were brought back into the United States where they were suspended by UCLA. So they're not playing at the moment. Um, they apologized. Uh, the, highest profile, the highest profile player, Ball, apologized saying, I'd like to start off by saying sorry for stealing from the stores in China. I'm a young man, but it's not an excuse for making a really stupid decision. Um, the team's also saying that the players had stolen from three stores, not just one. Uh, President Trump tweeted about the incident saying, do you think the three UCLA basketball players will say, thank you, President Trump? They were headed for 10 years in jail. So this quickly became an international incident. Um, these three players were (coughs) freshmen, uh, so they hadn't even gotten the chance to play for their college team and they're already suspended what are your thoughts Travis yes they should be suspended I don't know how many games I don't know but the one thing I know there was accused in China for stealing there was never it was never it was just basically like allegations going on that they stole they came out and said that they did it I don't know if it's really true they're probably just saying that on national TV or whatever, but they had said that they did for multiple stores, and they went to their hotel and they got caught. Yes, they should be suspended. I feel like maybe for like a month, maybe, or a few games, because I feel like them being out the whole season, I feel like it's not a big lesson for them to learn from that. You just basically just take away your eligibility from them. Um, What else? Well, Donald, when Donald Trump, when he asked for, um, he asked the Chinese president 
about um if we can release them the next day they came home yeah this was a very um <clears throat> easy situation to resolve a new york times article titled how Tr- trump liberated helped liberate ucla knuckleheads from china talks about young Americans going over to Asian countries and getting in trouble where their justice system is a lot more harsher than ours. Um, if, yeah, because shoplifting three to ten years, yeah. that's, like, that's like crazy. You do shoplifting in the USA, you basically just get your photo taken and you can't come back to the store. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, an example that was cited was Otto Wambier. I don't know if you're familiar with that story. He went to North Korea on a trip um, with a group of students, he was accused of taking a poster down from the wall of his hotel room, and he was thrown into prison in North Korea. They eventually got him out, but he died two days after he was taken back to the United States because he was so malnourished, and so he'd been tortured. So he was in such bad condition. Kind of this contrast of how Asian countries and American countries deal with issues like this. But... Uh, it was cited that this team's trip to China was a way to raise the profile of the university and the Pac-12 conference and, you know, attracting students from other countries to come to UCLA, and that has now sort of backfired because there was this incident. Yeah. No, that, like, that incident was crazy. I was surprised that Angelo Ball actually did that, you know, because his family is, like, like the most one of the most popular families in the USA right now, especially right, from the his father. Ball and the family. They're ball family, you know. They got a TV series too, and I'm surprised. It's like, what is he really shoplifting for? And I wanted to know was he there to be on the lookout because he has money, his family has money. So by him doing that, it just make him look weak, or he's just out of. He's just. I know he. Everybody, when you're young, you do, you know, stupid mistakes. But for him, I feel like that. It's taking sunglasses is not really his thing. I feel like he's, he, he probably never did it. He has money to do that. So, I mean, the money to buy sunglasses probably like a thousand times or whatever. Yeah. But Trump did. But when know. they, um, after they they had a press conference, they, they were talking about it. But, you know, they thank you. They thank Donald Trump <laughs> for, um, they, should, um, they thank Donald Trump for getting them back over here. And Donald Trump said <laughs> to the three UCLA, Basketball players, I say, you're welcome. Go out and give a big thank you to the president of China who made who made your, your release possible and have a great life. Be careful. There are many pitfalls on the long and wild and road to life. I mean, of life. Yeah. This is a lesson. Don't do stupid things in other countries. <laughs> Our final story is Jerry Jones threatening to come after the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell. Basically, what's going on here, Roger Goodell and Jerry Jones was very close in the summertime. Then allegations came about Ezekiel Elliott basically abusing one of his girlfriends. I mean, his girlfriend, not one of his girlfriends, sorry. So, in the summertime, Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell was basically like, I guess they kind of had an agreement that nothing would happen to Ezekiel. Come to find out, at the beginning of the season, 
before I mean kind of for before the season started, Roger Goodell basically gave Ezekiel Elliott a six game suspension. Mm-hmm. But Ezekiel Elliott has been pushing it back. He kept basically what is it called? He kept done he he kept put, having an appeal so to push his six game suspension back. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about that? Well, I think you can't expect that you can make a personal agreement and be like, don't worry, you know, nothing will happen because this player violated the personal contact policy. Like, if there's a domestic violence incident, you shouldn't be playing. You should be, you should serve out your suspension. Um, We saw this with Deflategate, which is referenced in this dispute. Yes. um, Because, I'm quoting Jerry Jones, is what has been reported he said, if you think Bob Kraft came after you hard, Bob Kraft is the owner of the Patriots. Patriots. Bob Kraft is a blank compared to what I'm going to do. I'll let you all fill in the blank for yourselves and what you think he's called him, or you can just search it. Um, but he, you know, he's threatening Goodell, <laughs> and part of this is that Goodell seems to be on his way to get a contract extension that he will serve more time as the commissioner of NFL. And now Jerry Jones wants to block that because his player got suspended for six games. Um, And he says that if he continues to be commissioner, he's going to file a lawsuit, correct? Yes. So this is very childish. Yeah, Jerry Jones, I feel like he, everybody in the NFL basically came to agreement to extend Roger Goodell's um, legislation for, to be the commissioner. I, I understand what Harry Jerry Jones would feel because he's like the most powerful um, owner in the NFL. But it's like, because he's been there for, he's been there for some, over like 20 years. But him, he's just taking, he's just taking it the wrong way because you see what happened with Ray Rice and his wife. Mm-hmm. Ray Rice got caught on camera knocking out his wife. This, with Ezekiel earlier, it's just basically it was just allegations that was going on. So I guess to get the allegations, to get it, to clear it out the way, so they don't have to keep coming up because the domestic, domestic violence and something like the NFL really takes, like, like they really take it serious because it's like, you don't want to, like, that could end somebody's career. Now Ray Rice right. came to play in the NFL, mm-hmm. and he was so young. Like, he was one of, like, the best running backs in the NFL. Now look at him now. He can't get a, he, he can't get an NFL job. To avoid that for Zeke, basically you get a six-game suspension, and then you come back. But Zeke keep putting it back because he's saying he didn't do it. It's just, like, nonsense. Now he said he's going to fall. He's going to fall through with the six-game suspension and get it out the way so he can come back for, like, the last three games of the season. Right, and Jerry Jones has owned the Dallas Cowboys since 1989. It's a long time. Um, and there are comparisons to Deflategate with this because Tom Brady was suspended for, I believe, four games. Four games. Four games. And then they appealed it, they lost, and then he was suspended again. Like, it was just a constant, you know, just serve out, in my humble opinion, serve out your time. You know, take that suspension and then come back. Take accountability that you did something wrong. Why does there have to be this 
this fighting about no <coughs> uh, we had an agreement it's just it's childish it's really childish you're, just, you're owner of a whole franchise what are you doing <coughs> but for he because he he's still young this is his second year in the nfl i guess the allegations that he thought was basically wrong you know when you you know when you're a big star people make all these allegations about you and stuff and you know it's not true people just want the money so he so he's like he's very young. He's about twenty one, twenty two years old, <laughs> and that is, he don't want that. Like he's he's basically he's telling them like no, this is not true. This is not what happened and everything. So it's like he wanted he wants to he basically wants to he wanted to keep fighting it because he didn't do it. But it's like like Stephen A. Smith said, just get it out the way so people don't have to keep bringing it up because you keep stalling it. <laughs> it's like it keep when it keeps bring keep reoccurring. People don't want to hear that, and people stop like throwing dirt on your name. You don't want that. Mm-hmm. You want this only your second year. Usually, he's he's gonna be a big star in the future. Right, he's twenty two. It's really young. Um, but now it appears he has withdrawn his appeal and he will serve the full. Yeah, suspension. Should, I think he should start tomorrow yeah. with the six game suspension. So you know, honorable move. Whether he was pushed into that or not, we don't know. But it looks, it appears from the outside looking in as an honorable move to say, okay, I'll I'll serve out my suspension and I, learn, you know. Yeah, I, but I feel like he he waited too long. He should have just did it the first six games. We have no problem right now about it. This this story would be, you know, just on the internet now. Not something that's reoccurring, being on sports center every week. That's like the big topic. So that's all for Here's What Happened This Week. I want to thank Travis for coming on and bringing us some sports stories we could get into. You're welcome. I'll be back soon. Yes, you will. Um, I really enjoy talking about sports. I don't think they get a lot. They don't get as much coverage on you know, news, and I think they should because they are very interesting stories, and I hope you all enjoyed listening to us talk about them. Uh, you can follow Plattsburgh Association of Black Journalists on Instagram and Twitter at Plattsburgh ABJ. And we're going to take a little break. Obviously, next week is Thanksgiving, so there won't be a new episode on Sunday. But we're coming back the week after that. More stories, another special guest. So thank you for tuning in. We will see you. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, everyone. See you in two weeks. Good night.